Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Bellerín, otro defensor, otro disparo, Monreal, gol. Marca el futbolista español, marca Nacho Monreal. Pim, pam, pum. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunner Blog. Goodly afternoon to you, James, and goodly anniversary. Goodly anniversary. Here we are again. 200 episodes on. I, I didn't know we'd ever make it this far. I know, well, we certainly didn't plan on, on doing 200 episodes. Not that we ever said we should do 116 episodes of a podcast and then, like, knock it on the head, but, you know, 200 seems a lot. <laughs> we said we'd do it until Arsenal won the league. <laughs> and we're here forever! We'll be here for some time. It's trapped. It's our purgatory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it flies by, doesn't it? That's, what, four, four... Years nearly. January twenty seventh, twenty fourteen was the was the very first one. Um, wow! And here we are in November, twenty seventeen, still chugging along. Actually, though, you know what? Um, I was thinking about this the other day uh, in terms of uh, Ars blog and, and the site, and you know when it started in two thousand and two, those were those were good times. Arsenal oh, won great times. won the double in two thousand and two. Won the FA Cup in 2003, went unbeaten in 2003-2004, uh, won the FA Cup in 2005, and then things took a bit of a took a bit of a dip in terms of the uh, the trophies. But I wonder, has anybody considered the direct connection between the start of the Arscast Extra in 2014 and the three trophies we've won during the the reign? Is that the right word of of this particular podcast? I mean, it's irrefutable evidence. That's true, actually. Yeah, I mean, we haven't received any credit for that at all. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no one sent a message of thanks, a you know, a bouquet of flowers, a box of chocolates, just to say thanks for all the FA Cups. Yeah, not a single thing. I mean, you know, a bit of jam along the way, but that's packet of hammer ruffles here yeah. and there. But I mean. <sighs> I don't, I don't know. know. I, I look, don't know. we don't do it for the glory. That's the thing. <laughs> we are we are literally the unsung heroes of this uh, this recent trophy haul, but uh, you mm. know, we don't we don't like to uh, we don't like to brag. Don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we got a replica medal from the club each. They recognized our achievements, you know. They sent it in the post. Yeah, mine must have got lost somewhere. <laughs> I think. Wow. Come AML, here. AML's tricky. Yeah, I've got a question for you. Go on. Remember the other week we were talking, um, well, we were talking, somebody had a question and they said, why has James got a penis drawn on his face? You remember that question from a few, <laughs> few weeks back? Yeah, yeah, yeah you remember yeah, that? Yeah, okay, yeah. well, I, I, you know, I chanced across the, uh, the video in which the, uh, the penis was indeed drawn on your face. 
Mm. And I was a little mm. bit, maybe I'm missing something, right? Maybe I'm just not getting something. But you, this guy saw you like on a main street, a train station, somewhere like that. W yeah. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, it was uh, right in Waterloo, very busy part of town. Okay, so um, given that you were obviously making a video and, and you did have a penis drawn on your face, sure. wh why why was it when you'd finished making the video that you didn't simply wipe the peni from your face sure. before going to the train station? I, I'm sure there's Let a, me a perfectly yeah. good explanation for this. <laughs> In ordinary circumstances, mm -hmm. I would have wiped that penis away. The penis was drawn in lipstick, and it would have been incredibly easy, actually, to take it off. I mean, and oh, any of our female listeners will tell you, lipstick can be a, a nightmare. It comes off far too easily. Uh, however, I this uh, this is going to sound completely incredible, but I forgot that I had a penis drawn on my head. <laughs> um. I just thought people were looking at me like I don't know. Oh look, there's uh, there's that guy from that podcast. <laughs> Did you think that somehow our audience had grown uh, so much? That, yeah, yeah that, I don't know what happened. We'd gone viral or something. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm getting a lot of glances here. They're all they're all listeners. I mean, as it transpires, one of those person people was a listener. The Indeed. rest of them were just thinking, there is a man with a, a phallus on his face, <laughs> a face phallus. Were, were you on your own? At this point, or was there anyone with you? I was on my own at this point because I, yes, I was filming that particular bit on my on my own. So, I mean, it's it. I did realise because I caught my reflection uh, in a pub window. I mean, presumably there were people in that pub looking out, thinking, <laughs> "What is going on? <laughs> Where's this? Uh, this poor man has been lost from his stag party." Yeah, I mean. It, I know it might sound difficult to believe, but I guess it's to credit to the lipstick manufacturers. I couldn't even tell I was wearing it. It was so light on my skin, you know. <laughs> it felt so good that I that I didn't even know. And as I mean, there's a lot of my face to draw on, and it really was. Uh, I mean, I don't think. I mean, you've seen it yourself. I wouldn't say it was anatomically accurate, particularly. No, it wasn't. It was more like a, a clip art penis. I think if you were to, yes. you know, I, I know that there are people who do face painting for a living, and you see it. You know, uh, little kids get get their faces painted as a lion. And actually, I follow this um, this woman. I can't remember her name on Instagram, but she does amazing, like makeup art on her own face like she'll turn her she'll do her lips and draw some eyes and shit on it and it's like homer simpson or various cartoon characters like amazing mm. amazing uh, makeup artist and this was not that this was yeah literally um two strange looking ball type things and a bit of a a bit of a shaft um but you know, but it's a common language. We all understand. You know that the the, the it's a very basic symbol, but mm. one we all immediately can interpret. Well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's difficult to explain, isn't it? I mean, it's very embarrassing. Mm. But I, a lot of embarrassing things have happened to me in my life. So this just joins a, a very long list. Yes, indeed. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad we've cleared that up. It's uh, yeah, it was it was uh, bothering me. I think. Um. <laughs> No, no, no. You'd, be, you'd be surprised how easy it is to do. You draw a penis on your face this afternoon and just, I don't know, then do something else. Hang your washing out, yeah. you know, write an article. You will wander absentmindedly out the house and Go just to the think supermarket. everyone's... 
Exactly, and you'll just think, oh, everyone's uh, paying a bit more attention to me than normal today. People always look at me strangely, whatever I'm doing. I must, so th- this I'm, was yeah. not, not that different. I must have a sparkle in my eye today. Yeah. All, all these glances <laughs> I'm getting from, from people. Yeah, well, look, there we go. Okay, well, that's clear now. I, 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 I just didn't quite understand it, having seen the video and then obviously the circumstances. You know, it would be, I have to say, if I were to draw a penis on my face, I would probably be mindful that I should wipe it off before before sure. walking to the well, busy, it's busy train station. easier said than done, Andrew. It's easier said than done. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Mm. Um, so how are you enjoying this particular interlull? It's, uh, it's very, very, very lolly, isn't it? I'm, it's extraordinary. I mean, Honduras nil, Australia nil, New Zealand nil, Peru nil, Denmark nil, Ireland nil, Switzerland nil, Northern Ireland nil, and Greece nil, Croatia nil. These World Cup qualifiers really Ooh. are thriller minute. Oh, they certainly are. As I was saying in the blog, I was in a bar on Saturday uh, Saturday night, and the Ireland game was there, but there were people kind of standing around and in the way, and my my uh, the seat I had in the bar you know, didn't really lend itself to uh, to looking at the TV. You know, you kind of had to lean around a little bit and have a look. Yeah. It wasn't one of those with a great view of, of the television. But I said, you know what, I'll just, I'll just wait. I'll see what the crowd do. I'll react to the crowd. Because, they, you know, they'll do the ooh or ah or yay when something happens. And then the game mm. was over. The only yeah. time, the only time I got up was like to go to the bathroom, and I think that was at halftime. It's uh, was this the Republic game? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, f- f- they're they're not an exciting team to watch from the the bits and pieces I've seen. That's fair. I don't think there's anybody yeah. could argue with that. Really, um, you know, I I know there's. Uh, it's it's hard to understand when you look at the squad and you look at the uh, the quality of the players in there. Your your Jeff Kendricks Hendricks is it Hendricks sure. is it Jeff Hendrick Hendrick uh, it's Jeff Hendrick Kendrick yeah, there might be a Jeff Kendrick yeah that, <laughs> could be. <laughs> that guy and and the other guy from Bournemouth and stuff and uh, the other fellow with a left foot you know um, yeah 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 Brady. <laughs> Brady, yes, not quite the Brady of yore, the Brady of an insult to the name. Yeah. Well, I don't know. In fairness, he's he's at least uh, he's got something about him. He scored that goal against Italy, which made him a national hero mm. in the uh, in the European Championships. But you know, Martin O'Neill as a manager was never really renowned, was he, for for uh, having teams that play great football? No. I mean, I suppose in fairness, you know, that's not necessarily what he's been hired to do. If he can get Ireland to the World Cup, that's a hell of an achievement. But uh, it, it, you couldn't argue they've done it in any style. <laughs> no, no. It's, um, yeah, it's it's not been fun to watch. Uh, Northern Ireland quite hard hard done by, I think. Uh, the penalty in the in the first leg that uh, ultimately saw them go out was uh, was a ludicrous decision. The ball hit the back of the uh, the defender. That was um, mm. that was unfortunate for them, and they couldn't do anything against Switzerland. But uh, yeah, they haven't been exciting times, have they? No, I actually saw Granite Xhaka. I can't remember who it was, but there was sort of a tweet doing the rounds that kind of blamed him for that refereeing decision, saying, "Well, if Xhaka didn't appeal for the penalty, then maybe it wouldn't have been given." How does he feel this morning? I'm and I, was sure. like, I think he probably feels fine. Yeah, I'd say he's all right. He's going to the World Cup with his country. He's probably a okay. I mean, look, footballers do that all the time. 
you know, you stick your hand up and, and shout my ball or our ball when you know for a fact that, you know, it's gone out off you. You know, if it's a throw in or a corner, they do it all the time. It's just a natural, mm. just a natural thing to do. You know, I don't think it's it's really fair to pin refereeing incompetence on, on Granite Xhaka. There are many things you could perhaps uh, throw at him and label uh, him, but th- this is not one of them. I don't think he is like a, a Jedi with his arms yeah. raising and going, that's a penalty, ref. Oh, really? Okay, penalty. He's not like that, you know. I think the last thing Granite Xhaka is is in league with referees. <laughs> That is fair as well, isn't it? He's not. Yeah, yeah he's he's had his he's had his issues down the years with referees. Yeah, um, yeah. but apart from that, it's well, been dead quiet. That's it. <laughs> and that was the two hundredth podcast, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah, eight minutes of penis talk and a couple of minutes of football. I mean, what more do people we'll, want? We'll be back when something happens. Yeah, oh uh, yeah I mean, uh, no, I mean, Arsenal-wise, Olivier Giroud scored a goal that made him the the best striker in the world again or something like that I didn't read the stats closely but fourth top scorer no seventh 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 two goals from fourth that's what it is Uh, yeah I think so he's uh, I think he's on 29 now Jean-Pierre Papin is is on 30 I think so he could he could get level with Papin and uh, there's a few others ahead of him like Zidane um, Trezeguet Platini is a little bit further ahead. And then Thierry Henry, of course, is France's all-time leading goal scorer. So I don't think he's going to get there. And he's certainly not going to get there because uh, this week, uh, you know, he could have done the 12 or 14 goals in one game. But that that's not going to happen because he's got an injury. He's come back to Arsenal yeah. with a thigh strain of some description. Can you hear some banging in the background? Yeah, I was wondering what it was. One second. Hang on. Wait. Just wait there. I will. Can you stop banging that, mate? It's the 200th podcast. <laughs> We've done 200 of these bastards. Don't bang. Hello. Hello. Nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, does he not know? What? A, does he not know? Think of what he's spoiling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're having a riveting conversation about the interlull here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it was funny at the time, but I've got to go out and apologise to that man later. Yeah, well, that, that, that or just... a brick is going to come flying through your window. <laughs> Fucking 200 of those, you cunt. <laughs> oh, God, not 200 of them. Yeah. Um, and that would be a, that would really backfire. Can you tell already I'm nervous? Anyway, Olivier Giroud, yeah, he's injured. Uh, thigh problem, is it? Yeah, thigh strain. We don't know how, how serious it is, but obviously with a uh, with a North London derby on the way on, on Saturday, that uh, that would be a bit of a blow if he was uh, if he was injured, I guess. Would it? Yeah, that w- I mean... I mean, it would because well, he's an option from the bench. Yeah. He's not going to start the game, is he? No, no, neither is Lacazette, so it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Um... And do they need to now that we have Eddie and Ketia <laughs> raring to go? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put all our eggs in that basket. Mm, what could go wrong? <laughs> fragile basket. Uh, Two hundred eggs in that basket. Uh, now I think uh, it is a blow to not have Giroud, but maybe it's you know precautionary. Aaron Ramsey is another one who's been sent home, but it's kind of unclear if he's injured or not. I, the, the latest I heard was no injury, just. Not involved. Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. 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 
they're going to play some young players or something like that, which is, I guess, a good thing to do when it's an international friendly. It doesn't make any difference to anything. Mm. I mean, the guys that are playing competitive games this week uh, are few and far between. And uh, yeah, I mean, you would think international managers would do a bit more um, of that, you know, use the friendlies to give young players a chance and see how they uh, see how they sink or swim. England did a bit of that, didn't they? With Gareth Southgate, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know how the uh, the people of England are are just able to cope with the excitement that emanates from Gareth Southgate. He's like a a whirling dervish. Of, it's like when the Beatles he's were fucking, in he's, their heyday. He's fucking banging again, James. You're going to have to just go. Um, no, don't the worry. Is, don't the funny worry. thing is, I can't actually hear it because I've got headphones on, so I don't hear it as well as you. Yeah. Apologies, everyone That's at okay. home. Well, I'm insulated against it. Um, yeah, but he, uh, did they play, they played Germany, didn't they? England. They played Germany, and I believe it was another riveting nil-nil. Uh, I mean, uh, Gareth Southgate's sort of on a, a one-man mission to pick everyone he can except Jack Wilshire, which uh, is kind of mixed benefits for Arsenal, who gets a little rest. But uh, mm, I'm okay with that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really care, to be honest. I mean, I think we're all, always sort of... It's always portrayed that Arsenal fans are sort of itching to get Jack Wilshere back into England set up, but to be honest, I think that's been part of his problem in the past. He's been injured playing for them, of course. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, no, I mean, look, it's a phrase I never necessarily thought I would say, but fair play to Gareth Southgate. He did throw some young players in and they, they did do all right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch any of that either. It was like, nah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the players who sort of did well with Chelsea players anyway, really, so it's all a bit upsetting. Ah, boo. Uh, um, part of their their army of loanees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did uh, did Mesut Ozil play for Germany? I actually don't even know, to be honest. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. I saw the highlights. Um, don't yeah, know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. He didn't make any headlines if he did. No. Okay. Uh, I'm looking here. England versus Germany player ratings. Who shone and who flopped at Wembley? This is, uh, this is, oh, it could be just England player ratings. Oh, no. Hang on. No, there's some Germany player ratings here. Mats okay. Hummels was a class act, apparently. Of course he was. Mesut Ozil played in a deeper midfield role than at Arsenal, but pulled the strings when Germany had possessions possessions allowed midfield runners to go past him well that's unusual <laughs> maybe he's not the holding midfielder we've been crying out for <laughs> yeah. maybe he's not the new Vieira after all it's not even the new Santi Cazorla no sadly mm. not um well uh, you know nice for him to get a little bit of a run out he'll probably be dropped again at the weekend as Arsenal desperately tries to come up with a winning formula for the Spurs game yeah uh, that's going to be interesting isn't it that uh, that team selection uh, I guess we've got some players coming back though Mustafi should be back Danny mm-hmm. Welbeck will be back so yeah you know Arsene Wenger likes Danny Welbeck he'll throw him in for a bit of uh, for a bit of uh, North London derby action I reckon he loves Danny Welbeck. He likes him more than me. Do you actually think he will play him? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Instead, instead of who? One of Ozil or Sanchez? Probably Ozil. No. I don't know. I mean, no. look, he could he could go with that front three, the one that played so well against Everton. Um, mm. But you know, I think it's 
it's to do with what happens on the training ground and what he's seeing from from those players. I saw there was a bit of an Ozil interview uh, doing the rounds uh, on Twitter today, and he's saying I'm a hundred percent an Arsenal player, and you know I haven't been able to um, to get the video to play because it's geo blocked. But he says I'm one hundred percent an Arsenal player, which is I mean it's true. But it's like saying legally, that's absolutely true. Absolutely, there's no, there's no question that that's true. But beyond that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, you know, I am one hundred percent a man. Yeah, you are one hundred percent a man. I mean, it's it, yes, words, isn't it? It's words, and uh, he's good at those. He's very good at those. He's good at Instagram as well. Um, but he's, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I thought he was really disappointing mm. against Man City. And I mean, the thing is, he was 100% an Arsenal player two or three years ago, and he was still occasionally turning in these disappointing performances then. I think it's yeah. sort of, it wouldn't be true to say it's necessarily a new thing. So to, while it is tempting to draw conclusions from his contract mm. situation... You know, it's been going on you, uh, for a, yeah. a fair while. But do you think, um, you know, the longer the season goes on, the more of an issue it's going to become? Because uh, a bit like the way the Arsene Wenger story went last season. Remember, as mm. you know, we all knew he had less than a year left on his contract. And then within the final four or five months of the season, there there grew this mushroom of uncertainty, uh, this fungus of disenchantment. Um, Poisonous mushroom. Yeah, a toadstool of, of, what the fuckness? I don't know. Discontent. The toadstool <laughs> of discontent. <laughs> but you know that Harry that, Potter and the toadstool of discontent. It sounds like a t- uh, one of Theo Walcott's books, TJ and the Toadstool yeah. of Discontent. <laughs> All about TJ eating a toadstool, which gives him fucking mad trips. Visions, so he's just yeah. hallucinating his way around the football pitch, which I think. Theo Walcott should actually try. Just give it a lash. He has Why not? nightmarish visions that people keep passing him the ball. <laughs> no. Oh, God. No! What am I going to do? <laughs> Run. <laughs> Run, TJ. Run as fast as your little legs will carry you. Towards um, the corner flag. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> or, or stand in the middle of those four defenders so nobody can give you the ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, as the season goes on and these guys... You know, they get towards the end of their, I guess, the end of their contracts, but also the end of their Arsenal careers, their Arsenal journey. It's going to become more of an issue, isn't it? Because it will be something that people will point to, that every time Sanchez doesn't score or make an assist or Ozil doesn't score or make an assist or Ozil doesn't run quite as hard and fast as people would like him to, then the the contract thing is just going to become an increasing like toadstool of discontent that mushroom's going to keep on growing yeah i do think so actually it's it's going to mushroom if you mushroom. if you will and its spores will poison us all i think it is going to become more of a problem i mean that's why there are quite a few fans out there judging by some of the replies i get on twitter who you know would advocate a january sale because i think there is this fear that the second half of the season could become a bit of a shit show, really. It's such a distraction. It's such a sideline. Like, mm. th- and there will be a circus around it. I, I I actually don't think that that's going to happen in either case. Um, 
I just don't think it's realistic, really. But, yeah, I think it is going to become more and more of an issue. And I, I expect that by kind of April, May time, we we may not be seeing those guys in the team. I mm. think that's a very realistic possibility. Well, it depends on the games. Depends on the importance of the games yeah. and, and, and the context. Uh, of course, the context and what what we need to do during the season. Because whether you like it or not, they're two very very good players. But you know, you you, you have to say that the first few months of this season, in terms of what they've produced, has been disappointing. And I know there have been reasons. There have been injuries. There have been absences from the team. But. You know, when you look at when you look at what they're capable of, when you look at what they've done uh, in, in previous seasons, to look at what they've done this season, it is a bit, it is disappointing, um, and you can understand why people will have questions about it. So, you know, if they start scoring and if they start providing and creating over the next six weeks, eight weeks, and we get into January, you know, I think that will dampen it down. But it's just one of those situations that as soon as there is any downturn in their performances, it's going to be pinned on the fact that they're not signing new deals. Yeah, and I you know, I suspect they'll wait it out. Uh, but it come January, they can technically sign a pre-contract with a foreign club. Um, yeah. And so that, that will have a, a weight in the equation as well. I mean, it is a kind of an unprecedented situation. You're always tempted to compare it to people like Sylvain Wiltord, mm. who's running his deal down, or... Canu or Edu, but I don't think there's ever quite been a scenario where a first-team player of such importance was that close to the end of the deal. I mean, Robert Pires, maybe, but I think the older ones, it's not even the same thing, is it? Yeah, I mean, Pires um, was 30 or 31 at the time, so mm. you know these are, these are guys who are still more or less in their prime, so yeah, it's going to be it's one of those situations. Remember, Arsene Wenger said it was an ideal situation. So absolutely ideal. <laughs> I don't know what we're I don't know what we're 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 giving out about here. Um, should we true. should we just do a couple of like weird random headlines from News Now and see what we think of those? I can just click on okay, there and yeah, see. Why not? Let's see. Uh, okay, Arsenal target Draxler delivers verdict on January move. This is on Football Three Six Five. Mm-hmm. What do you think his verdict is? I think his verdict is that. Uh, he he wants to fulfil a lifelong dream to play for Sunderland and he's determined to do anything he can he's got Neymar at gunpoint and if PSG don't let him go to Sunderland he, he, he's not responsible for what happens certainly, uh, certainly a good guess but completely wrong um, Shame. he says I'm not thinking about leaving the club in winter or summer I'm in mid-season with PSG now and I'm focused on the high aims we have it's not a relevant moment now to think about my future. Uh, so there you go. Winter, no winter or summer. I mean, if we get him at the beginning or an end of a window, we could maybe commit him into a spring or autumn move, but it all depends on timing. Okay. Um, Here's another one from the Daily Star. We got? We've got Chris Coleman reveals whether Aaron Ramsey will be fit for Arsenal versus Tottenham clash. What do you think? Yes or no? Clock is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. Chris Coleman thinks he will, yes, but in reality, Aaron Ramsey could well get injured between now and then. Yeah. Uh, He says, okay, uh, coming into the camp, we knew we were only going to have him for France. No matter how we felt afterwards, we decided it would be one game. He's gone back. He's okay. He came through the game. Okay. He will be available for the weekend. Wow. That's good. Yeah. That is good. 
I mean, uh, you know, there's part of my brain worrying we're all speaking too soon. There's mm. still like two days of training for Aaron Ramsey to get injured in, but yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, here is uh, a report from Sportsmole. I, I looked at the news now. <laughs> I looked at the news now where I haven't got like 400 of the sites blocked because sure, they're sure. full of shit. But anyway. So this is some sort of mole who covers the sports. Yes. Okay. Uh, Sportsmole by Matt Law, European football editor. Is Matt Law not like. Uh, didn't he write for the Daily Express? Is that Telegraph, a, he works Or for the now. Telegraph? Does he? Or has he moved from the Telegraph? I'll be honest. If he's moved, if Matt Law's gone from the Telegraph to Sports Mall, I mean, that's an unusual career step. Yep, it would be. Maybe it's a different Matt Law. Maybe. Matt it's a, Law, yeah, it's quite a common Sports name, Mall. Maybe they're just like ripping off the... Matt Maybe Law, they've stolen Sports the Mall. content. Oh, I think it is a different... I think it is a different Matt Law. Ah, yes. Okay. There are two Matt Laws. Out it's there. a Matthew Law. He see, they see he even on his Twitter, this this particular this particular Matt Law calls himself Matthew Law, so as to mm. differentiate himself and to to stop any of this con- confusion. Anyway, this particular Matt Law or Matthew Law, as we should call him from now on, he says Arsenal are reportedly interested in signing Porto winger Yassine Brahimi as a replacement for Alexis Sanchez. Brahimi is 27. He joined Porto from Granada in 2014 and has scored 32 times in 134 games. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, see him bring me. Okay, I mean, I, I, I don't believe that, <laughs> but it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it could be. What do be. you think? Uh, I think probably not would be my thinking on that one. I'm not, you know, far be it for me to cast aspersions on the information received by the journalists at Sports Mall because, mm. you know, the name suggests, you know, that journalistic quality of moling. Um, mm. But I, I would be, yeah, I would be very surprised. Very well, surprised. let me tell you this. Go on. There is an 11 minutes and 55 second video on YouTube called Yassine Brahimi, the king of dribbling. Now, I would contest the only way in which he's <laughs> undeniably the king of dribbling is if that's one dribble for 11 minutes and 55 seconds. That would be amazing. I'm never going to watch that video, but in my mind, that's what that is. Just him spending 12 minutes of a football match just dribbling up dribbling, and down one wing. Dribbling around, that would be fucking good. To like a ridiculous techno soundtrack, of course. Europop, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some kind of Europop. Um, shall shall I find one more for you? Why not? I'm enjoying this, actually. I okay. Should, you know, we should... All right, this one. Often. This one. Photo. That's the that's the lead. Not like video right. or exclusive. Photo. Yeah, yeah. Photo. M- Man City playmaker enjoys night in London with Arsenal star. Wow. So this is quite fun because I can try to fill in the gaps effectively. Yeah. Um, and figure out who that's going to be. Man City playmaker enjoys night in London with Arsenal star. Right. Well, I would say the two candidates for Man City playmaker are David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. Bruyne, Bruyne, Bruyne. And Bruyne. And then I'm going to... Who would they be friends with? Um, I'm going to say that David Silva has had a night in London with Spanish compatriot 
Nacho Monreal. I would say that's wrong. I probably should have told you that this came from TurkishFootball.com before you made any guesses. (laughs) (laughs) That would have helped me out a little bit. So, So, what? Gundogan, is it? I'm guessing. uh, With Mesut Ozil, maybe? Yeah, uh, actually. Okay. Two Uh, Germans. What Turkish football doing talking about (laughs) I don't know, but they don't even have a fucking photo of it. What? This is they a, lured us in. This is a load of fucking bullshit. Hang on a second. Photo in Germany. Arsenal playmaker return. That's fucking... There's a picture of Ozil on his knees celebrating a goal. And it doesn't but even... where's this Man City friend? It doesn't say. It doesn't say. There's a picture of Ozil from his Instagram and the caption is back with the uh, German team in Germany after our day off in London. That's a picture of Ozil in his, like, German gear. There's not. There's not a... There's nothing here about the Man City playmaker that he's... Okay, hang on. I'm disappointed in the guys of Turkish football. You know what? Actually, that's my fault. I clicked clicked the wrong link. (laughs) Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so yes, this is... uh, It's uh, Gundogan enjoying enjoying the last night in London with these two fantastic people. Winky face emoji, love emoji. Wish you all a great weekend. You know the whatever the two hands where your thumbs are touching, and there's a little uh, symbol. Yeah, I, little I don't really know what that is, but I, yeah, I think I know, that's. I know. I'm wiggling my fingers or something, and there's a picture of Ozil right. and Gundogan and uh, a lady uh, who is obviously known to to both of them. Uh, they enjoyed a meal in London after a nil nil draw. So there you go. I'm not I'm not yeah. sure what they ate. Um, I really hope that somewhere David Silver and Nacho Monreal are hanging out. I think that would be a lovely evening. I think you, you, I think they would do it like away from the glare of the media. You know, they wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't They're show not really off that type of. Yeah, exactly. You know. I don't think so. I think they would have like a quiet dinner, maybe round at Nacho's house. He could cook. You know, make some food. They would play charades. Perhaps. Do you yeah. think? Do you think they would do that? Probably. Yeah. I guess so. I was trying to think if there was something more trivial pursuit they would do. Yeah. <laughs> trivial pursuit. <laughs> that most Spanish of games. Of course. I think it is. Yeah. Historically, <laughs> um, it's the Spanish name, of course. Mm. Trivial pursuit. <laughs> um, trivial. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Ah, el pursuit trivial. <laughs> um, no. I. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that would be a lovely night in. Yeah. Uh, Maybe Santi Cazorla pops round. With his Pictionary. His weird ankle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> comes, Santi comes round with his Pictionary. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, they're, they're great. You see, that's it. The Spanish are great like that. You know, they're not they're not that ostentatious. They wouldn't be showing yeah. off. Look at us. Look at us. We've just eaten some food. No, you wouldn't get that <laughs> yeah. with them. You We've know? all eaten food, guys. Yeah, exactly. Most don't of them. need to brag about it. Yeah, Quite ashamed that. of it, to be honest, the amount <laughs> I've eaten in my life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, so there we go. Well, there was our troll through the uh, the news now. Um, so as you can see, there's fuck all happening there as well, <laughs> even on the even on the bullshit site. So uh, will we take a break and do some two hundred two anniversary questions? Yeah, let's do that. We're going to do two hundred questions when we get back. <laughs> Hurrah! Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is the part of the show where we answer the questions that you sent to us on Twitter. Some of them very, very personal, which, uh, you know, we don't feel inclined to go into from time to time. Is that right, James? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There's a few questions about my living situation, my personal life. But listen, I'm glad people are interested. That's nicer than, you know, complete indifference, I guess. I guess. I mean, there's not, not anyone saying, oh, you know, I've got a spare house you can have. None of that. No. If anyone out there does have a spare house I can have, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> That would be an upgrade on the jam. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those questions sent to us on Twitter, at GunnarBlog and at ArsBlog, and on the ArsBlog Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash the ArsBlog. So, um, who should start? Do you want to start? Will I start? I'll start, actually. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Be like that. I've, I've, I shouted at the man out the window. I'm really, I've got, you know, some initiative about me today. Yeah, you've got some um, gumption. Some gumption. Yes, at long last, say the listeners. Uh, <laughs> so this question is on Twitter, and it's from uh, Roy B. Harry, and it refers to something that I did do in the interlow. He asks, have you seen the Anfield 89 movie yet? And which three players from that team would you love to have in the current squad? Ooh, I haven't seen it yet because, uh, well, I don't think it's out yet. Uh, I know that you. Oh, is it not? No, you were you were uh, at the premiere. I know. Uh, I did have an invitation to go, but it came the day after I got back from Australia, and I just couldn't, you know, face the idea of more travel. So uh, I, I donated my my ticket. Um, mm. No, I haven't seen it yet. I am very much looking forward to, it, and we are doing an event in Dublin uh, to screen the film and hopefully we'll have a few of the people involved in the making of the film over as well for a, for a Q&A. Um, what, what did you think of it? Because uh, I, I've seen everybody say they love it and that's, of course, understandable because it it, it uh, brings back to life this amazing memory uh, that, that many people will have had of that particular night. Um, yeah. But but beyond well, that, well, you know, it, it seems to be a... a, a a really uh, fantastically put together film. It is. It's a really great film, and I, uh, I think anybody uh, who's interested in a great story would enjoy it. I don't think you have to necessarily be an Arsenal fan or even a football fan to take something from it. But being an Arsenal fan, you do to take so much more from it. Yeah. For me, my personally, in nineteen eighty nine, I was three years old. You know, I don't really have any memory of that when it happened. Fucking part time. So actually. I know, <laughs> pathetic. How how dare I? How dare I? Um, but 
what was fascinating for me about it is because it not only I don't want to give too much away, but it, obviously there's a heavy emphasis on the game itself at Anfield, the final game of the season. But it kind of tells the story of that campaign and of that Arsenal team, and you know what George Graham brought to the club, the team that he built, um, and, and the difficult period that preceded that. And it's such a fascinating season, really, because there's so much contextual stuff. I mean, obviously, the shadow of Hillsborough looms large, and mm. the film deals with that uh, very delicately and I think very well. Um, but it's such an emotionally charged uh, time and such an emotionally charged evening, and it's a fantastic film. Yeah, I, I think uh, all Arsenal fans will love it, and I highly recommend, if you can organise uh, through Our Screen UK at Our Screen UK on Twitter, there are screenings popping up all over the country. You can mobilise uh, the Arsenal fans around you and get it on in the cinema near you. But it is worth seeing on the big screen because that moment when the ball hits the net uh, for Michael Thomas in the last minute, I mean, at the premiere, people started cheering and clapping it was it's very emotive it's very emotive yeah it really is something um yeah i'm looking forward i'm looking forward to seeing that but uh, no i haven't seen it as yet and then what, what was the question oh Ooh. the three players the from that three team three players Ooh, okay you know uh, let me let me have a think about this because i'm thinking about you know who 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 do we need right so mm. i think i would go for I would go for Tony Adams. Yeah, I think you've got to have Tony Adams. Steve Bold. Nice. Because, you know, it it does feel to me like our central defensive options could use uh, some boosting. And I Mm. think the other one I would take is David Rocastle. Oh, good pick! Yeah, Strong just pick. yeah, because he's uh, you know what what an amazing uh, an amazing player he was, an amazing midfield player. So all of a sudden you uh, you boost your midfield and you uh, you boost your back four, and I don't think anybody could argue that that's uh, something we could do without at this moment in time. So yeah, those are the three for me. Anything any different Can't on your end? That at all? Can't argue with that at all. I mean, one thing that I didn't know about the game is that uh, that night. George Graham switched to a back three. Yeah, uh, Arsenal had played a back four all season long, and then suddenly dropped David O'Leary in there with Steve Bolton, Tony Adams. It was back three. Um, but yeah, I think actually watching it, I mean, you only see bits and pieces of games, but I was reminded that how good Tony Adams was just from clips. Uh, you know, mm. I think because he belongs to a different era, we kind of, and maybe to be honest, a little bit because of some of the things he said since his retirement. I think sometimes. Uh, I've been a little bit guilty of kind of casting him as a certain type of player, you know, very industrial, very agricultural. But there are clips in this film where you see that he was a a decent footballer too at times and just an outstanding defender. I mean, what we would give to have a centre-half like that in this team now. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, not just a centre-half, but that kind of a character, that kind of a leader, you know. And you hear people say it all the time, why don't we have another Tony Adams? Why don't we have you know, a, a captain like that. Why don't we have that that kind of figure? You know, and you can think back to, to certain players at certain clubs who were like that. Maybe uh, Roy Keane at Manchester United as well, right? Uh, Tony Adams at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Hate him, of course, but, you know, the similar type of character uh, that John Terry was or that kind of figure that he was at Chelsea. And it's one of those things that people go, well, why don't we have that? And the the answer is, you know, those people are 
are rare. They're not 10 yeah. a penny. You don't get those guys. Um, they just don't happen to exist um, all over the place. That's why when they come along, they stand out the way that they do, you know? Um, so, it's yeah. It's like the old, we need to find the new Patrick Vieira. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, as a character you know, and as a player, and the relationship as well that Adams had with Graham, I think you get a sense of that in the film and uh, how, how powerful that was to have someone on the pitch who, you know, was kind of the manager's lieutenant, really, and able to kind of conduct his orders so effectively. Mm. I think that's a, a very useful thing. But, yeah, um, well, I'm sure you'll really enjoy it and uh, do check it out yeah. when you can, guys. I think it's, it's great. I think it's out on November the... 20th so another seven right. days for for people to wait uh to get their hands on that so yeah okay well there, there's a good uh there's a good question to start us off i wish i had a, yeah. something equally good to uh to follow <laughs> that up with <laughs> uh let me see okay right this one comes from jimmy r who's at nn underscore gooner and he says here in the states the north london derby will kick off anywhere between 7 30 and 4 30 a.m Hmm. Between 4.30 and 7.30 a.m., I think that should be. Right. Yeah. But anyway... Depends if you're going east to west or west to east, I guess. But yeah. yeah. But what if you're going southwest? What happens then? Oh, that's not getting... I mean, that's... Or northeast, melted. It's, it's pouring out of my ear. Ah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, anyway, he says, what is the best breakfast to eat while watching football? Uh, the only breakfast to eat for this game is a roasted cockerel. <laughs> a cockerel on a spit. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 uh, best breakfast for football. I mean, I haven't had that experience many times. I have had it in the States a couple of times, having a, you know, having a game at like, you know, six or seven o'clock in the morning. Um... I mean, I, would, I don't know if I'd be able to eat on North London Derby Day. They make me feel very, very ill, usually. Yeah, you got to eat, though, you know, sell your stomach. You know, I think a bacon <laughs> sandwich. Can't argue with a bacon sandwich, can you? Are they eating bacon sandwiches in America? That, oh, sorry, that might be a very naive thing to say. But it feels like a very, in the British Isles, it's a real staple. Is it in the same way? I, I I couldn't say. I do know that bacon is a bit different, isn't it? Bacon is a bit it is different, different in, in the US than it is here. Irish bacon, English mm. bacon is a bit more... There's a bit more on it. It's a bit, you know, there's more meat. Yeah, and the, Yeah, because I can remember when the bacon in Spain is very, very different from the bacon oh. that you get in in, so. in Ireland and England. But you could get this bacon, and I think it was... Was it Oscar Mayer? Right. I think it was, was the brand name. It was kind of like an American streaky bacon kind of stuff. And mm. it was all right for a bacon sandwich. Not great now. Not great. But I think you need, like, if you were making a bacon sandwich, would you have, like, rashers or would you have streaky rashers? What, what would be your preference? I'm not, uh, streaky is not my preference. You don't like I... streaky in general or... Um, I like it, sort of, I associate it with, like, the American style. So if I was having, say, I don't know, pancakes, I'd be going for streaky. But if I'm having a bacon sandwich, I want the sort of fattest, meatiest bacon you can get. I mean, effectively, I want a piece of gammon in my sandwich. Yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. How, how do you like your pancakes? Do you like the um, the uh, the kind of crepe style, or are you do you like those uh, more American like? Yeah, I, I like the ones that are basically some sort of cake. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's ideally what I'm looking for. And then syrup, bacon. Don't bother with the fruit, guys. Leave it. Let's just go straight in with the salt and the sugar. Um, hang on, and you know, salt. And, well, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought I thought you were getting your 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 pancakes with syrup oh, and no. bacon, I and mean- then putting salt and sugar on them. Salt, sugar, <laughs> chili sauce. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, bacon sandwich is a great recommendation. That's the really it's the sort of king of breakfast. I think yeah. you know. I know people go for a cooked breakfast, but sometimes that's just a bit too heavy. It's, it's almost an ordeal eating a full cooked breakfast at times. Bacon sandwich, you're just getting the best bits, really. Okay, um, uh, the key question when it comes to a bacon sandwich. So you've got, you've got a. Uh, we'll leave aside the bread, you know, because you could say, right. do you have sliced bread or do you? Uh, do you uh, use like a baguette, half a baguette, something like sure, that? But that, that's sure. not the key issue here. The key issue is, is it brown sauce or is it ketchup? Well, I mean, not to go over old ground with the whole jam thing, but what about butter? Are you having butter in your bacon sandwich as well? Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. we're agreed on that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sandwich. Butter, no jam. Right. <laughs> but when it comes to the sauce, I have to be honest with you and say, I'm not a creature of habit. In this respect, I will go where the mood takes me. And sometimes that will be ketchup and sometimes it will be brown sauce. And it has been known to be neither. What do you mean? Just the bacon? Yeah, just the bacon, just the pure, the purity of it. Um, okay. So yeah, what about... But I, I'd say if you said to me, if you asked me to break it down, and I know the listeners are absolutely desperate to know, mm. I'd say we're looking at like probably 50... Probably 40% brown sauce, 30%, no, 40% brown sauce, 35% red sauce, 25%, if that's the correct sum, no sauce. Okay. Yeah. okay. And I have had red and brown together. <gasps> no. Yeah. No. That's disgusting. Yes. <laughs> that is disgusting. What about you? Uh, brown sauce, always with bacon yeah. sandwich. Never, never, never have uh, bacon uh, ketchup with bacon. Really? Ever. I just think like... Are you saying you never do or are you saying no one ever should? No, I, like people can do what they want. I'm just saying I never do. I just think bacon is right. tasty enough on its own. Um, like I don't know why... I would, don't have ketchup on a cooked breakfast. No, neither would I. Egg yolk though. It's, you need egg yolk. Yeah, but also there's baked beans often on a cooked breakfast and I'm like, that's that's giving you the tomato sauce. Why are you adding ketchup? It's like when people put ketchup on pizza. I, don't, I just I can't get on board with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Uh, brown sauce for me always with a bacon sandwich. Always. You wouldn't know that it was the interlar, would you? you? No. You wouldn't. If you dropped into this podcast at this point... <laughs> You'd have no idea. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, look, okay, here we go. This is from uh, Jace, who's at Jace AFC, and I know it's uh, your question, but given that we've been talking about the, the North London oh, Derby, well, sort of talking about the North London Derby um, <laughs> in terms of what people are going to eat while they watch it, he says, our Premier League results against Spurs since 2014-15. Draw, loss, draw, 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 loss. What do you put our recent poor record down to? We're getting worse and they're getting better. <laughs> well, I think there's only one thing. It's fucking Harry Kane. 
Yeah, maybe. It is. I mean, that's... It's, it's Harry Kane. I'm telling you, here's here's a tweet from earlier on from uh, Orbino, right? And if this doesn't mm-hmm. tell you everything, um, boom, boom, boom. Harry Kane has scored in all five of his Premier League appearances against Arsenal, netting six times in total. So it's Harry Kane. That's the difference. Do we have a player who always scores against Spurs? We did. We, we've always had that in the past, haven't we? Someone who had a knack. You know, yeah. Pires was a great one for it. Adibayor, current Adibayor was always mm. handy. Um, Cesc Fabregas has got a few goals against Spurs in his time. Mm. Have we got one in the current squad? No, no, I don't think we do. No. Maybe Lacazette could be that guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, if he, you know, if he's allowed to play, yeah, <laughs> if they let him have a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a mantle to be filled there. I mean, uh, yeah, they, that's quite grim, isn't it? I sort of dimly knew um, that we weren't doing very well of, against them of late, but because I'm not a complete masochist, I hadn't sort of you dug looking, any further than that. You weren't looking up the stats, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, troubling. I mean, you could say a lot of draws in there. Yeah. Money on a draw. Yeah, there are. Um, and, it, you know, th- there often have been... Uh, lots of draws in in this particular fixture. I know that they didn't win one for for ages, wasn't it? It was like years and years um, without them time. winning. Yeah, which which you know, I have to say, I prefer. I prefer that. Yeah, on, on balance, I did prefer that as well. You know, that was a much better way for us to operate. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it is a bit of a worry, isn't it? You know, I think we spoke about this last week and how important this particular game is for our season. That it could be something that you know reignites us, that sets us mm. uh, uh, you know on the right path again and gives us some confidence and belief. Or it could be a game that leaves us in in some significant trouble as well. And that's uh, that's the worry I think about this this fixture. It's whether the players have got what it takes to to react in the right way. You know. Um, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure. Are you are you confident, or are you know were you ever confident when it comes to the <laughs> no. North London derby? <laughs> no, to be honest, even when we were pretty dominant uh, in in this fixture, it's always been one that fills me with dread because it, it, at that stage it kind of felt like you know the expectation was to beat them, uh, so it kind of felt like you could only lose. You know, yeah. the agony of seeing a Spurs victory was something I really feared. Now, uh, it's a different kind of dread, isn't it? Because they're a very different team. And I'm not particularly confident about this fixture. I mean, I think a draw is a very good bet if you're uh, inclined to gamble. I think that, you know, there have been some pretty dour fixtures. I think at the Emirates between Arsenal and Spurs in recent years. Maybe yeah, I'm, last year's was right. terrible, wasn't it? I just seem to remember last year's was a really, a really weird game, really weird performance from, from Arsenal. Um, was it 1-1, was it? Uh, yeah, the, that, that big fucking lump of a fucker uh, scored a, an own mm. goal. Do you remember? I can't remember. What's his name? Vimmer? Kevin Wimmer. Vimmer, Wimmer, yeah. Wimmer. A Wimmer way. Um, uh, and then, of course, Harry Kane scored. Um Yes, and and I think the year before that, maybe it was the same result with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain scoring an equaliser after a ball came off the post. I don't know if you remember that. So, like, and and neither of those were particularly great games, as I recall. It's a long long time since the 4-4s and the 5-2s. I think Spurs will come to do a job, and I think they'll think, if we take a point, 
it's a it's a decent enough point. And mm. I think Arsenal, there will be a nervousness about Arsenal about losing. It might be a bit like, you know, whenever we suffer a defeat in a big game, there are sometimes a couple of games where we're more conservative in order to stabilise. And after yeah. the Man City match, maybe we'll see something like that at the weekend. I don't think we're good at conservative, though. You know, I think we're, we're better if we just fucking have a lash at it. You know, trying to be conservative... <sighs> You know, what's the point at this point, really? You know, I know you don't want to lose, but... I don't know. I don't know. Like, he was conservative, wasn't he, in, in the uh, in the last game? The one mm. against Man City. I think that was a conservative team selection, a conservative uh, approach to that particular game, and it didn't work. I'm not saying it would have been that much different if we'd gone gung-ho and said, right, let's let's have a right lash, but... You know, that's a fair point. Yeah, how do you feel? I mean, not optimistic, <laughs> pessimistic. I yeah, I just don't know. I mean, look, we we could we could play well, and we could we could put in a performance. Things could click, but you just you just don't know. That's the thing. You just don't know with this team what's going to happen, or or how it's going to happen, and when it's going to happen, or if it'll happen at all. You know, so. Look, I think just pick the strongest possible team we can pick. Um, we're weak defensively. I think we all are aware of that. I think we can offset our defensive weaknesses by making ourselves as strong as we possibly can from uh, an attacking point of view. And I know they're you know they're they're good uh, at the back. They're solid. They're a very well organized team. Pochettino has them organized very well, as we know. Um, but you know, I think we've we've got to we've got to have a crack at them, and that's that's really the only way we can approach this game. I don't know that there's a, ta- a tactical master plan, is there? It's just like go for it. Maybe, yeah, mm. maybe that is the best option. Mm. Um, let's have another question yeah. on a different. I tell you what, these questions are getting longer. They've doubled the word count, haven't they? On Twitter. Oh, the Twitter, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is from Chris Garment. It's kind of two questions, actually, from two different people. Chris says, trying to look at positives, so credit to Chris, should Arsene be giving some credit, given some credit, rather, for bringing through so many young British players? Macy, Holding, Maitland-Niles, Nelson, Willock and Eddie and Ketia are quite an impressive bunch of youngsters, yet the media and fans tend to overlook it. And then on a similar bent, uh, Gio Gange says, would you like to see Eddie Nketiah given a few starts in the cup games now? What more can he do at this stage? Um, the first bit, you know... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the circumstances this season have allowed him to do that because of the Europa League. He wouldn't League. be doing it in yeah. the Champions League. Exactly. He wouldn't be doing it in the Champions League. They would get some minutes in the Carabao Cup. And that will be that, and people view that as normal. Um, so it's not, you know, it's a matter of, uh, it's kind of like a, a thing he has to do, you know, if he wants to keep his Premier League team, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fresh. Fresh. Yeah, you know, he's got to do it in in the Europa League games, and it's an opportunity for these guys. And maybe, you know, in, in a couple of years' time, we'll be saying, wow, you know, what a great crop of young players that came through if these guys are, you know, playing for our first team. I mean, I think the the chances of them all making it are, are very slim, though. You know, that that's the reality as well, is that um, unless they are exceptional, like truly exceptional, and I think there's some good players in there, um, you know, they're going to find it hard to make the step up 
from uh, <clears throat> the the secondary competitions into the Premier League, right? That's the reality yeah. of that. Um, but it might be a case that, you know, three or four of these guys come through and we think, holy shit, yeah, this is a great crop of youngsters and they could turn out to be part of the future of the club for for who knows how long. So, yeah, I mean, it really depends how they develop. I hope they do develop well. Um but I think it's you know it is kind of a case that 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 Arsene Wenger is is having to do this, and I think as the as the Europa League gets more intense and gets a bit more difficult, I think these guys are going to find themselves a, a bit more sidelined, you know, because if you're playing yeah. Atletico Madrid, for example, uh, away from home, as good as Willock and Macy and Reese Nelson and Maitland Niles are, I you know I think you're gonna you're gonna struggle, right? Um, do- do you think Arsene will make that choice? I mean, because if you think back to, I know it's a different competition, but when we used to have the old runs in the Carling Cup, he would always stick with the team right up until the final. Do you think because it's a bit more prestigious, the Europa League, he'll drop the first team as in when it heats up? Maybe, but didn't he sort of play the youngsters in a final against Chelsea? You know, we were in a cup final he did, and yeah. he played those youngsters and that was his reward to them for getting there. And, you know, you might say a more ruthless manager would have said, eh, you know what, this is a final. I'm going to play the strongest team I can possibly play. I do think that when you're in a competition, when you're in a, a uh, you know, a European competition, um, and we don't have many European trophies uh, in our cabinet, I think you've got to make a decision about, okay, what is, what's the best thing for the club here? Is, that, is, it, is it better uh, for the club to give more playing time to youngsters or is it better for the club to actually win the trophy and, and have a good go of that? So I think he is going to have to be practical. He's got to be practical when it comes to that because, uh, you know, it's it's a trophy and it's a chance to win something. So, um, you know, you, you, you look at those kids as uh, uh, players who can get you to where you need to go and you thank them for it and you say, well done and you've learned from it and you've got great experience but now... We've got to, you know, we've got to win this. Uh, we've got to win this trophy. So, I hope that's I hope the way so, he approaches actually. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really do. And what about uh, young Eddie? I mean, he scored, I think, five goals for the under 19s Was it in the international break yeah. in England? I mean, the thing People is, if Giroud, see more of it. if Giroud is injured, um, then it's going to be maybe Danny Welbeck, isn't it? Who's going to get the the run up front in the Europa League games? Sure. Um, you would think. You would think. And look, you know, I, it's fun. Eddie, what he did against Norwich was fun. And it's fun to have that kind of uh, young player coming through and you hope that he is going to be everything that we want him to be, right? But I also think we need to be realistic about, uh, A, how difficult it is to make the step up. B, uh, how many of these young players over the years have shown some real early promise and been unable to to build on it? Um, so let's let's be realistic. And it's you know, like I said, it's fun to to talk about Eddie, but yeah, I think I, I think maybe it's still a little bit early to start to start him in games. I think. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean. You know, he, he got 20 minutes the other night, didn't he? And did really get kicked, to be honest. He was barely in the game. Mm. I mean, we're all excited about him, and he clearly is very prolific at youth level. But uh, I, 
I mean, he's young. I don't think there's any rush necessarily to throw him into the starting lineup. And I th- I do see that you've got to give guys like Giroud and Welbeck game time. So I think he might have to make do with the cameos from the bench yeah. for now. And I think as an 18-year-old, you know, in his first uh, in his first season, you know, at senior level, I don't think that's going to be, uh, you know, any kind of an issue for him. You know, I think he, he's he's going to be realistic enough about what what sort of playing time he expects. You know, at a big club like Arsenal, it is that thing, though, isn't it? That you know, people just want something different, and I think Eddie and Keddie have just. Uh, he speaks to that. There's something different about seeing a young player come through. People, you know, whatever you might think of Giroud or, or whatever else, people go, oh, we've seen this one before. But, you know, if you've got a young kid coming through, let's give him a bash. And, um, yeah, you look at you look at 1989 and, uh, you know, the players that came through from the youth system at Arsenal uh, to be part of that team and uh, whether the world has changed that much that you can do it again, I'm not quite sure. But, uh, yeah, let's... Let's uh, have some fun with it, but let's not heap too much pressure on him um, because, you know, if you throw him in and he doesn't score for a few games, people start writing him off as useless as well, you know? As quick as they want to see him in the team, they're like, get this fucking cunt out of here. Pardon my language. No, that's that's the 200th episode. It would be wrong if you didn't, I swear. Yes, true, true. Uh, Have you got a question? Uh, Do I have a question? Yeah, I think I had... I saw one here on Facebook, and now I can't find it. Um... I mean, I've got a classic kind of ask, cast extra question, if you like. One of those old, you know, would you rather? Sure, let's go for that. While I see if I see if I can find. It mine. seems that we should we should you know give a nod to these. Uh, Greg Otterman, um, Otterman, what a cool. That, he's like a Marvel hero, isn't he? Otterman. Yeah. <laughs> he's oh, really man, good at lying on his back. In water and building dams. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's terrific at eating shellfish. So anyway, he says, it's a sort of an aquatic theme to his question, would you rather have hamburgers for hands, okay, mm-hmm. or swap the bottom half of your body with a jellyfish? <laughs> I mean, what worries me is if there's some sort of swap, that means there's a jellyfish going around with your legs. Yeah, I mean, look... The, the, because, you know, some of those jellyfish have got really long bottom oh, bits, yeah. don't they? They're like hang down. Feet, feet. Portuguese yeah, yeah. man of wars and all that kind of stuff. They just like have these tentacles. I'm not big on mm. tentacles either, so I wouldn't want tentacles. But hamburgers for hands is very, very impractical. Very, very impractical. Nevertheless. Is it just the burgers or is it like the whole, like, is it like a bun? I'm guessing fit? it's, yeah, I'm guessing it's, uh, I'm guessing it's the, the whole thing, the bun, and everything. I mean, it's got to, it's got to include that, surely. Um, yeah. I remember going to. We went, <laughs> we went. We were in a bar last year, and we we ordered burgers, and they just they brought us out a plate with just a burger on it, like no bun, no onion, no tomato, no lettuce. It was just a burger you, you on had to a order plate. That extra, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you did, but it was just a burger on a plate. It was bizarre, and it had peas. It was like. <laughs> like a really shit bird's eye commercial. Burger and peas. What is this? I don't know. Uh, speaking of jellyfish, have you been watching the the Blue Planet? Yeah. I was I watched it last night. Oh, there's some weird stuff in the sea, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. I believe the one last week was all like the deep, deep sea. Deep yeah. sea. Yeah. Fuck that. Like no way. 
really you don't even want to what you don't even want to know no i don't want to i don't want to have any part of that to be perfectly honest what's down there i think should stay down there and one day we'll discover something down there that we wish we hadn't and it was just that's how I feel about Spurs yeah. and that thing is Harry Kane yeah it's lain dormant for many many years and then all of a sudden we wake it up and they're like uh oh um, so yeah I think I'm going to go with burgers for hands definitely burgers for hands for me just because okay, I don't want, want to you don't want I don't want tentacles. you don't want a bunless burger no, not bunless. It's going to have a bun and it's going to have, you know, some lettuce and onion and tomato and all, and all that kind of stuff, so. And no peas, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, look, I've, I couldn't find that one on Facebook. I, I had another look and uh, I couldn't find it. Um, alas. Alas. Anyway, I've got a couple here, just, you know, given that it is the 200th episode. Uh, Mark Blondal, who's at Mark Blondal, says, um, if you knew then, the first episode, what you know now... What would you have done differently besides warning yourself of the many, many disappointing results? Do they just mean to do with Arsenal? I think they mean the podcast. What would we do anything differently? Um, I don't know, actually. Uh, (laughs) Maybe do them less frequently so we repeated ourselves less. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't think of any. I can't think of anything either. Um, no, it is you know it it is what it is. Uh, I don't think we would have done anything differently. I I I would have loved some of the football to be different. Yeah. Oh, I would have loved that. Oh, that's out of our hands though. That is out of our yeah, hands. We can't do anything about that. I'm afraid, Mark. Mm, uh, Samrid Samrid Zucci, who's at Samrids, says best moment mm. not captured on the pod. Has there been anything? I think I remember a couple of like halftime conversations that turned out quite well, and then I was like, "Oh, we should have recorded that." Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's sparkling wit in mm. halftime. Oh yeah. Usually in halftime, let's pull back the curtain. Uh, usually at halftime, what happens? Quite often, you go to the toilet at halftime. Yeah. If you don't mind me saying. No. <laughs> no that's that's sort of what it's for. Do you well, think yeah. footballers go to the toilet at halftime? Uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know actually. Mm. Because, like, lots of them can't do a wee, can they, after they after have a the game? After the game, they say they're too dehydrated. Yeah. Know? So I don't know. Well, I think that's because they spend the whole of half-time weeing. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's what they do. They just do such a big wee at half-time that full-time, it's like, ah, oh, I can't. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, sometimes I do in the podcast, I go at half-time and full-time. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you could do the other... Uh, toilet thing. Uh, if you, sure. you know that, sure, sure, that could sure. be a thing. You know, save yourself. The... I was in the Arsenal dressing room the other day. Oh yeah. And, uh, what what were yeah. the? I've been in there, but I never really looked at the. The toilets the actually toilets. aren't that good. What? I, I wasn't that impressed with the toilets. The bath is nice. Yeah, there is a big big bath, isn't there? I mean, you've got all your mates in it with you, which is sort of maybe that's good, maybe it's not, but it's very you know. Well tiled. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't. I really admired the grouting. I have to say, it's gorgeous. Um, uh, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it's interesting having a little peek behind that curtain. Uh, in terms of stuff that we haven't captured, I don't know. I still think that whatever people thought of our New York podcast, however drunk we seemed in the recording mm. I think in the flesh if you had eyes it was much more 
Well, actually, I wish people had seen the amount of drinks that we had to drink. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think there was. Because some... I feel like that would excuse us a bit. <laughs> I think there was some pictorial evidence. Actually, there was some, you know, right. pictures of of shot glasses and what have you. Um, Good. Yeah, it was kind of like a, like that drunk history thing, but drunker. It was. It's drunk. It was drunk football. It was, uh, yeah. I mean, it's if anything, it's surprising that I didn't then wander the streets of New York with a penis drawn on my face. <laughs> that would have that's quite a plausible outcome. Yeah. After that podcast. Yeah, yeah. I could understand why you forget that. I like this one um, from MJ, who's at MJ underscore Bo B O H underscore. That seems like an unnecessary underscore at the end there. Like, was there really an MJ underscore Bo without the underscore at the end? Anyway, I don't know. Maybe. I'm going off track here. And he says, anything you'd recommend doing uh, Saturday at noon to which Will at Will underscore TDAC says crystal meth. (laughs) (laughs) I quite like that one. Yeah. Um, Uh, And this. Maybe we should have done that for the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jarhead Gooner, who's at Ashburton Grover. He says, congratulations on your 200th episode, Andrew and James. Thank you. He says, simple question. What would your favourite lasagna dish consist of? Hang on. <laughs> what? Yeah, my favourite yeah. lasagna dish? My, my favourite lasagna consists of uh, lasagna. Yeah. I love... One thing I always ensure to have in my lasagna dish is, is lasagna. Mm, I like a good um, portion of lasagna in my lasagna. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got any time for a vegetarian lasagna? Um what what's what's in that? What's what's the it's what's the substitute? Like, Is it like corn or something? Because if it's corn, I don't no, want to know. No, not that. You just layer it with like uh I don't know, courgettes and peppers or whatever. Or aubergines. Aubergine, yeah, you can do that as well. Zucchinis. Eggplant, if you're wondering what we're talking about. Oh yeah, that's it, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, eggplant. Yeah, zucchini is cor- zucchini is courgette. Eggplant is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. I'm. I, I don't uh, understand eggplant. Is it an egg or is it a plant? It's neither to me. It just looks like a thing that when you open it up, it's sort of like. Did you ever, um, when you were younger, did you ever uh, like put cardboard in your boots to sort of dry your boots out? Piece of cardboard. No. <laughs> what do you mean? Like cardboard in the boot. Piece of cardboard in your football boots. Oh, football boots. Okay, yeah, 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 football yeah, boots. Yeah, 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 They're yeah. all damp. They're all damp. So you put a piece of cardboard you put in. some cardboard. Maybe I never no, did this. I, I don't think, actually, I don't think I've ever done that. Is that a thing, though? It could be, but I don't think I've ever done it. Anyway. Anyway. Do you ever see cardboard when it gets damp? Yeah. That's what eggplant reminds me of yeah yeah i'm not a huge fan actually it looks like an an alien baby or something <laughs> really I'm not sure. a really shiny alien baby yeah. like it's good something's gonna hatch out of that it's gonna sprout legs and go on a killing spree yeah i'm not sure um so no lasagna but I, I love a lasagna who doesn't i mean everyone loves a lasagna right do they i guess i guess apart from all the people who if don't you're, you know. if you're vegetarian or dairy intolerant it's not great. No, no, that's true. There's a fair amount of cheese in it, isn't there? Mm, that's why it's so delicious. Mm. Is there cheese? Oh, speaking of cheese, go on. I've got a question about cheese. I mean, I'm very, two, I'm, I'm very confused today. I'm feeling confused. Anyway, go on. There's a one Arsene Wenger who's at O A 
W. Gunner says, there's a jar of Parmesan cheese sitting in my fridge. We'll get on to the fact that he's got cheese in a jar in a minute. He says, I, be- <laughs> I believe it may have been there for over a year now. It looks fine. Should this concern me or should I just fucking eat it? Well, I mean, what's he going to do? Take out the jar and a spoon and just spoon Parmesan cheese into his mouth? Why has he got cheese in a jar? I don't know. Maybe he grated the cheese. Maybe he grated he mean, the Parmesan. Yeah, yeah, and he stored it in a jar. Mm. I say... That's unusual. I say eat it. There he is banging again. Banging again. Maybe he's banging it in celebration of the 200th episode. Or maybe he's saying, <laughs> fucking stop it, will you? Just yeah. give it a rest. Stop doing the podcast, for God's sake. Um, you eat the cheese. You say eat the cheese. I say I mean, eat the cheese. Cheese is supposed to be mouldy, isn't it? Some sort of it. Of. Like the blue cheese stuff is supposed to be mouldy, but... Um, if you can eat that, then you can eat anything. Yeah. I say, yeah, I say go for it. Eat it. You Does know. this make us responsible if it goes wrong? No. For- okay, cool. No. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see how. Then eat the whole jar. Yeah, all in one go. Um, yeah, I, you know, I probably wouldn't myself, I have to say, but I'm, you know. No, he's the guinea pig in this scenario. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he might have a... gladly feed a guinea pig cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he might have one of those, uh, Theo Walcott style, um, you know, hallucinations, which would be amazing for him. Maybe he will. Yeah. You know, he could, like, uh, what's that stuff, um, what's that stuff people go to Peru and do? Yeah, the Uh, shaving stuff. I know what you mean. Ayahuasca? And you... Yeah, and you meet the devil or whatever. Yeah, stuff yeah. goes down, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some, like, bad shit happens in your brain and mm. you see all kinds of things. Or you have, like, a... You a, die yeah, of Yeah, or you have, yeah. a like, a life-altering moment. Yeah, like, I know people who've done it. You do, yeah? Would you do it? Yeah. Um, no, I'd be terrified. <laughs> no, I probably would, actually, but it's a long way to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Peru is I quite think, far. Like, if you could get yeah, it in yeah. Tesco's or something, then... Oh yeah, why not? I I I know what OAW Gunner should do. Don't eat it right now. Eat it about forty minutes before the North London Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Save yourself some money on the crystal meth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just eat that jar of cheese. You'll be tripping out for the yeah. whole ninety minutes. All right, good advice there. I think good advice. All right. Well, look, we will um, we leave it there. We'll leave it there for this 200th episode. Uh, and uh, and we should thank everyone for listening. If you've listened to all 200, oh, fair play. Like yeah, that's a that's a commitment well. to nonsense that that ought to be applauded. To be perfectly honest, yeah. um, and we do appreciate it. If you would like to leave us uh, a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be great because we could get to the top of the iTunes charts if you guys all give us a a rating and review on iTunes. Um, That'd be a lovely present, wouldn't it? It would be a lovely present. And then we can, like, you know, point fingers at other podcasts and go, ha-ha, we are the number one. So we are. Yeah. Yeah. He's really banging He's really He's getting very upset about this podcast. Um, Yeah, that would be lovely. Scaffolding, is it? Sounds like he's doing scaffolding. I I don't know what he's doing. But... Thank you for listening. We yeah. do massively appreciate it. Yeah, and thank you for sticking with us on this uh, most interlully of interlulls. There will be an Arscast on Friday, of course. We will be previewing the uh, the North London Derby against Harry Kane. Um, and, yeah, so join us for that. And uh, we'll be back on Monday uh, to talk about what happened. Hopefully good things happen, James. I think, 
I think Come we deserve on. that. We could do with a few good things, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. The world needs good things at this moment in time, and uh, Tottenham losing would be one of those. So, oh, uh, yeah. rank high, high oh. on the list of good things. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much as ever. We'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.